Do you love to love? Do you respond with, I'm fine, when you really aren't, but you just don't want to rock the boat? Are you struggling to verbally express your needs, but are always eager to please? Yeah, this podcast is for you. I'm Carmen Bertlin, and I'm a neurosemantics coach, yoga, meditation teacher, and I love to love. Ever since I wallpapered my room from top to bottom in Take That Posters and wrote Mark Owen's name all over my jeans, I've been a romantic. This is my big leap from serial monogamous to feeling fulfilled as a single person. And so can you. It starts from shifting focus from them to you. Consider this a guide to becoming your single best self so that when you meet someone, they're not a life raft. They're an added bonus. Welcome to the single best. I'm excited to be in your ear. So I have a new friend from work and I swear it's like we're on the same life path with the same lessons repeating over and over. We've become each other's sounding boards over the last few months and it's so comforting to have a person like that in your life, someone who really gets you. And although we're by no means expert when it comes to our romantic relations and this could be seen as the blind leading the blind, it really isn't. It's like she excels when it comes to my relationship woes and I do the same with hers and we give each other the most solid advice. It's the classic, do as I say, not as I do approach. I guess when you're not emotionally attached to something, you can see it from a bird's eye view and in a way that's nearly impossible when you're sat in the eye of the storm. We're both quite newly single and committed to making the most of it. The other day, she was suggesting that we sign up for this dating app called Bumble that's, according to legend, much less of a meat market than some of the other apps out there. I was reluctant because I went through some serious dating app fatigue or dating burnout a few months ago. Yes, that is an actual thing. So I had the standard symptoms of judging every single face I saw on there and being really close-minded and absolutely repelled as soon as anyone would steer the conversation in a sexual direction. And if an opportunity to go on a date came up, I wasn't excited about it. Instead, it would just give me a good dose of anxiety. And this is why I haven't been on Hinge for a while. And my friend told me that two of her friends were were now in successful relationships that had found their matches through Bumble. So the gist was that people here were looking for something a little bit more serious. There are ads on socials uh, for this Bumble app as well, where girls are showing their before and after Bumble experiences and how it's encouraging women to take their power back in dating. On the app, women are the ones who message a guy first, so no unwanted attention really comes about unless you welcome it by accident. Now, I don't know what it is that I vibrate, but within the first 24 hours of signing up for this app with a fairly wholesome profile, let me add you, I had three offers for oral. And I'm not exaggerating here. And they came about from perfectly normal conversations. I deliberately stayed on the straight and narrow, not offering any innuendos or other low-hanging fruit. The fuck is wrong with people? I will share these interactions at the end of this episode so that we can at least make light of it. But for a good hour or so, I was actually fuming. So much so that I edited my profile and wrote, Someone who makes the effort to date not just the hookup. So I had to go there and sound all bossy because I've 
men like those three cunning linguists spoiling it for everyone else. Well, if nothing else, this is a damn good exercise in boundary setting and I'm all for that. So let's keep going, paddling through the cesspool that is modern dating. Welcome to episode seven, titled Daddy Vibes. So what are daddy vibes and why might it be so in focus at the moment? Well, it's got nothing to do with age or fatherhood. Someone with daddy energy can be young and childless. It's about emotional reciprocity. Someone who's in a healthy masculine energy. So imagine you're being pursued. He's initiated a date, suggested where you meet and what time. Maybe he even picks you up and when you enter the place, he holds the door open for you. Pulls out your chair as you sit down. He orders the drinks and makes sure that you're comfortable. You can fully relax and be receptive and enjoy your time together. His vibe is attentive, it's protective, it's caring. And before I continue, I'm going to shoot in that I'm the type of woman who loves equality and I will always offer to pay half the bill or alternate the rounds of drinks. And therefore, I've had to consciously learn to receive, to not resist when someone says, I got this, don't worry. So if someone wants me treat, to treat me for dinner now, I'll let them and appreciate it with a thank you. Whatever stories that are spinning around my head at the time are remnants of some old programs I've had running about how I need to prove my worth and be independent as a woman. I'm fully aware of them, but I won't let them get in the way anymore. I'm very much a doer by day, so come date night, I'm going to sit back and be all namaste about it. It will take some getting used to, sure. But I really do believe that me being in my masculine doing and pursuing energy for so long has gotten in the way of me fully receiving the kind of love that I want. So a man will chase me at the start. Oh, he will chase. But then his enthusiasm seems to fizzle out and I'm left feeling that I'm keeping the ship afloat. He stops initiating and I'm the one who suggests getting together, meeting up, and I'm always the first to reach out. And it feels like a chase and it feels really tiring for me and quite boring to be frank. So in the sense of romantic connections, it's not the right energy for me to be in. Masculine energy is an energy of giving and doing, whereas the opposing feminine energy is one of receiving and being. Now feminism is a wonderful movement and a lot of us women today are powerhouses who get shit done and dusted all day, every day. So sometimes it feels really nice to just lean back and let someone else come in for once and do things so we can put up our achy feet for a bit. Now I will thread carefully explaining this as the topic of masculine and feminine energies has been met with a bit of backlash due to gender stereotypes and of course the old-fashioned sexism and outdated beliefs. So let me pre-phrase by saying that a male can be in his feminine energy as well, while a female can be in her masculine energy. And this may work well for that specific couple. So it will depend on the dynamic, but there needs to be a balance between the two. It's like a seesaw. But it's not about submission or dominance. And a man in his healthy masculine energy will be able to fully hold space for a strong and driven woman, a boss babe, without feeling threatened by her. 
So a woman who's in a masculine energy will take the lead. She will initiate and do. And if she remains in this role on the home front as well, it results in her man dropping into his feminine energy. He will not take the lead. He will not initiate or be decisive. He will let his woman do all that. If this works and both parts feel at ease in these roles, fantastic. As you were, carry on. That means that you're in the energies that suit you both. But when a woman who's in her masculine energy all day long at work comes home and keeps being in her doing energy, feeling increasingly frustrated because her man isn't doing all the things she wants him to do, it's a sign that she's in the wrong energy. There's rarely room for two doers in a domestic relationship, two people who take charge simultaneously. So if she can drop into her feminine, her man can then step into a space where he can do rather than be. So men who do not feel their best when in their feminine energy, who struggle to find a solution on how to make their woman happy when she complains that he never does anything around the house or he doesn't make any plans, they may get second wind when there's room for them to step into more of a doing role. Because intrinsically, a man wants to make his woman happy. It's a primal urge. And when a woman in her healthy feminine has loving warmth and is appreciating her man when he does things for her, he gets the feedback that he needs to keep doing the things that he wants. Men really thrive when appreciated. Again, I'm saying this and I'm being very aware of same-sex relationships and this will apply here as well. A same-sex relationship where there's harmony and balance is one where there's one part comfortably in their masculine energy and the other is comfortably in their feminine. It's not gender-specific, it's energetic, like yin and yang. So if you find yourself being frustrated with how things are playing out when in a romantic connection, just try shifting your energy and seeing if the other person meets you where you want them to. And if they don't, the reality may be that they're in that energy that they're in and they will stay there and they're not the counterpart to meet your needs. But it's worth a try if you want to shift the frustrating relationship dynamic. If you find this interesting and you want to know more about feminine and masculine energies, in-depth info on specific programs and courses can be found through coach Michelle Manley, Kevin Pasco, and the Daddy Academy, for example. I'll add some links in the show notes. The reason I think that women are so drawn to these so-called daddy energy now is that we're frankly a little fed up with these half-assed efforts that come with modern dating. Men who don't initiate, they don't take the lead, they're wishy-washy and don't commit. Personally, I want someone who's sure, someone who sees me, wants to get to know me, makes the effort to plan dates, knows where we're going and makes me feel safe, makes me feel seen, heard, understood. He's protective and he feels like a warm bear hug. He'll ask me if I'm cold and offer me his hoodie. Then I can finally take my boss pants off and let him make me happy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Vendela Ali and the gram. She always comes up with some crackers. This is her latest relatable caption. 
Online dating is like being hungry at your grandma's house, trying to find the least expired thing to eat and hoping for the best. Sounds a little bit like our house, to be honest. I live with a waste consultant and also one of the most frugal and money savvy people that I know. So very rarely is anything thrown out of the cupboards. I found something in there the other day that was from 2017. Tempting. But anyway, online dating. I can't believe I'm at it again, but it's material for the pot if nothing else eventuates from it. Okay, so listen up, guys. I want you to be honest here and tell me if I'm saying something to invite this sort of correspondence, all right? Because I'm seriously none the wiser, and I feel like I'm really trying to just have normal, standard conversations with people. So here is my uh, some of the chats that I had that led to these offers of oral earlier. Let's make a little fun of them, shall we? So the first one, let's call him Tom. And that's not his name, but as a disclaimer, people's real names will never be disclosed on this podcast. Just like you shouldn't operate heavy machinery while you listen to my voice. So Tom says, what do you want? I know I want fun, flirty things at all times. Maybe a curse of working from home. And I say, oh, the working from home curse. Don't I know it. I want a best friend and lover combo to feel safe and excited. And yes, it's possible. Now Tom responds with the following. Wouldn't it just be amazing to have someone under the desk distracting you from a boring meeting? Okay. Next, I wasn't that shocked, to be honest. Tom was tall and handsome, Scottish accent, and he looked like he was here for a good time. But we shouldn't judge people based on their appearance or nationality, so he could have surprised me. I wanted him to. But he didn't. And then there was Dick. Now, Dick seemed harmless like a big teddy bear sort of guy with kind eyes. And he let me know within minutes that I was just come out of a long-term relationship. So I asked him, so you're not looking for anything long-term? And he responds, not really lovely. Thanks for the honesty, I say. And then he goes, can I ask you a sexual question? Probably thinking that as long as he gets my consent, it's okay to enter this territory after five minutes of chat. I'd already fired away a message saying something along the terms of longer term is what I want, not any casual hookups. And when I saw his question, I followed up with, was that was, was going to be your question? And he says, how long has it been since you had oral? Okay, here we go. And I ask, why would you benefit from this information? And Dick says, I love to give it. And if it's been a while for you, it could work out well. My mind responds with, no, you fucking idiot. I don't want your mouth anywhere near me. But my fingers respond politely, not wanting to embarrass the poor guy. So I close the conversation with, a, thank you for your generous offer. I will decline. And then Dick deleted the thread before I could report him, which I wouldn't have done, but I wanted to take a screenshot of the conversation. 
but it was too late. I have to rely on my precious memories to reenact this conversation. Okay, moving on. The third one. Let's call this one Harry. Now with Harry, I saw it coming. He was a poser. Every photo was a serious selfie and no other details. But he was fit and I fell for it. So this is how it went down. First of all, his spelling was terrible. And that was the first turnoff for me. For those who know me, you know that I'm massively into big words and good grammar. You so attractive, he says. Definitely must be meat. Okay, I like your look as well, I say. And I hear myself thinking that I'm the fucking idiot now for having given this guy any more minutes of my time. And he responds with, thank you. And then there's crickets for a while. Uh, really riveting stuff. And I prompt him again by saying, but surely there's more to us than good looks. And he says, yes, exactly. I want to meet you. So I give him the benefit of a doubt, seeing as maybe he will suggest a proper date. So I say, what do you have in mind? And his response is, I want taste you with the tongue emoji. Right. So I answer, I'm not here to casually hook up, so no thanks. But then Harry put in the hard yards and he says, oh no, hook up, no, no, I mean more. And I say, yeah, how's this approach working out for you so far? Well, I'm not really sure why I'm still engaging in this conversation. And he responds with, hmm, someone like, someone not. And that was the end of that. So... Tom, Dick and Harry, what a festive trio. But guess what? I haven't lost hope in humanity just yet. Fair enough, there's some opportunists out there and they will find their way onto every single dating app. It doesn't matter what it's designed for. But there are good eggs out there. Not everyone is an unsolicited muff diver. We just have to get better at sifting, filtering, deleting, blocking, letting it bounce off like raindrops of a newly waxed bonnet. Some would even say that it's character building. Yeah, let's choose that approach. As always, I'm delighted to have had you listen in. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating to bump us up on the search feed. And if you have any topic suggestions, feedback, or just want to say, hey, you can connect by Instagram on The Single Best Life. I'm going to bid you adieu with a quote that sums love up so beautifully. Source unknown. Men settle where there is peace. Women bring peace when they're treated well. So it takes effort from both sides. Isn't that nice? I really love that quote. So until next time, guys, lots of self love. Mm-hmm.